0: It's June of 1998, and I'm done with York University. To celebrate, my friends and I embarked on a camping trip to the Pinery Provincial Park just down the road from Grand Bend. It was just outside the liquor store in town that I heard a finished version of poets for the first time. Gord had long been one of my favorite poets, so to me this song resonated in a way that I can't quite describe. It was a feeling of euphoria and relief. This new record was going to be just fine, I thought to myself. Little did I know that several tracks on this record would stand the test of time and join the pantheon of great hip songs I still enjoy to this day. From the meandering Escape is at Hand to The Traveling Man, to the exquisite Bob Cajun, and the downright delicious Emperor Penguin, Phantom Power was right in the pocket coming off of the exceptional Trouble at the Hen House. As I got inside the truck to head back to the campsite, I turned the volume up and just let poets sink into my brain. This was living. Today, we're going to hear from our friends Pete and Tim to check out what they think of Phantom Power. Will it stack up? Find out today on Getting Hip to the Hip.
1: Long Slice Brewery presents Getting Hip to the Hip.
0: Hey, it's JD here. Welcome back to Getting Hip to the Hip. This week, we are talking about Phantom Power, the sixth studio record by seminal Canadian rock band, The Tragically Hip i'm joined this week as always by my pals tim and pete fellas how are you doing
2: hey guys hey guys hey guys glad to be here good to see you i'm ecstatic you, to be here i'm ecstatic yeah. to be here right
1: now
0: oh i love it i love the energy this is happier good. than a
1: pig and shit
0: oh boy oh boy that's pretty happy i've seen some some poor kind creatures rolling in Fecal Matter, and they sure love it. Uh, Okay, so if you are wanting to experience the Tragic Hips music for the first time, Tim and Pete are your avatars this week because they got to experience the record Phantom Power, which again is the sixth record uh, produced by Steve Berlin. First record on Universal, but I guess I should tell you guys both. I guess I should say this to you both uh, as honorary Canadians now. Happy Canada Day. It's oh! uh it's it's almost the fourth of July. It's July third today, but um it's July fourth tomorrow for you, but July first for us is Canada Day. So happy Canada Day, folks.
1: Wow. Yeah. Very close to the other fourth of fourth of July, which is um America's Independence Day. And in, in right. the UK they call that Thanksgiving. No. <laughs> no, but that like no, dude. I had a, I had a, I took a flight one time on on some shitty airline and the pilot was British, and it was on the Fourth of July and he was like, "So I just want to say, you know, Jesus, 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 Jesus. that's my shitty British accent. You know, happy Happy Fourth of July, or, or as we call it where I'm from, Thanksgiving. Enjoy your <laughs> <life>. <laughs> whatever, motherfucker. Oh, yeah.
0: That's great. Oh, uh, anytime you can burn an American a little bit, it's it's right. you know, there's some fun, there's some fun there. Cause you guys are so goddamn good at shit, you know? Yeah.
1: Anyway, let's, uh,
0: let's get into the record as a whole, before we go into the song by song segment, let's just talk about this record, uh, produced, like I said, by Steve Berlin, five singles come from this record. All music rates it a three out of five. Three. So there's that what did you guys think? Uh, I want to know where you listened to it, how you listened to it and what your initial thoughts were and, you know, maybe what they percolated up to. What do you say there, Tim?
2: Well, Oof, there's a pause. I thought it was a three-star album, kind of like all music. I felt, uh, wasn't really sure it felt a little bit diluted in a way to me it felt a little bit uh, a little bit more generic from what i've heard in the past It, it, it but it also felt kind of expected i mean for the whole catalog of albums this band has produced and the timeline going into the late 90s you know this this album felt like Full of radio hits, but at the same time, I was missing a little bit of that raw kind of hip feeling. You know, I was one- I was wondering like, should I be okay with this album just being kind of fine? This this it was the turning point for me. I was I was really not sure when I when I read kind of some reviews about it i think there was there was some sentiment as some shared sentiment and also some people were like it's my favorite album and some hip fans said it's their least favorite album so it was this one's kind of a gray area for me it, it
0: it's funny um I'll, well i'll get into my you know sort of backgrounder on this for you guys uh, after we hear from pete pete what did you think
1: um, I hear you on the gray area because I could totally see that. I could totally see how some hip fans are like, this is the best album they did. Or this is not my favorite album. For me, I listened to it everywhere. I listened to it in my office, so from my computer with some some decent cans. I took it out running a lot. Probably, I think maybe the first time I listened to it was that... Took it in the car. It sounded great. The uh, the the thing I I found I, I like I would say a three point five for me Tim um, instead of a three. But you know I feel you on that. I, my initial thoughts were that a lot of rawness of the hip was gone from this. Mm-hmm. Initial first couple of listens, it sounded very watered down. It was like somebody pulled Gord Downie aside and said. Hey man, um can we just uh like kind of like the dude, can you can you fucking can you take it easy man? You yeah. know, just like told him yeah. to just like chill out a little bit. And I don't know, I I the more I listened to it though, and the more I dug into it and see how much work maybe not production but just from the band themselves went into this record. Maybe change my tune a lot. Like I dig it. And Phantom Power, that was the coolest thing in the '90s, man. Like, because sometimes you didn't know what it was if you never heard of Phantom Power before. It has a fucking cool name. If you had a guy that had a like a condenser mic or something with Phantom Power, you're like, dude, yeah, he's got a mic that's got a, uh, it's got Phantom Power. <laughs> it was just like fucking. You were seventeen and you heard that. It was fucking cool.
2: Yeah. You know I. So, I, I I went and looked at at number of albums sold by a bunch of different bands, including The Hip. And I was trying to kind of have this, try to find this correlation of how many albums sold from the band's start to like 10 years later or 10 albums later, something like that. And I compared The Hip with a bunch of bands. And it's, it's, it, it's really all apples or oranges, of course. But when you look at how many albums they've sold, and um, how they, you know, started off selling a ton and then just kind of went down to this million album mark. And then when I heard this album, and I, like you, Pete, I listened to it all over the place. I listened to it on the plane, I traveled, listened to it in the car, listened to it at home with the cans on. I mean, I, I listened to it in more places than past listens because I was really trying to give it a go i mean it was the first time upon uh, first listen that there were a couple songs where i was like okay get it i'm gonna go to the next one like i had not fast forwarded songs yet or skipped ahead so this oh. yeah but but one of those songs that i skipped ahead on sorry hip fans you know i came back to and it might be one of my most favorite on the album so this Ooh, this one can't like wait to hear about that yeah this one this one to me like Didn't grab me right away. Maybe it will more over time. Maybe it's one of those types of albums, but.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, this record has an interesting, an interesting story, I think. And it, it's my own headcanon. This is, this is not, uh, like actual fact by any stretch, but in my opinion, Trouble at the Hen House, which is one of my absolute favorite records, by the tragically hip or, or, or any other band is, um, was maligned. Like it, it, it came, both it and day for night didn't perform as well as, uh, fully completely and fully completely was very, if you recall, it was very polished, it was very produced, uh, you know, they went to London to record it. It was a, like a big deal. And then following that, the next two records, they were sort of self-produced with Mark Vrieken and Mark Howard, uh, on, uh, day for night and just Vrieken on fully, uh, on trouble at the hen house. Um, and those records are sparse and they are, um, the core energy is, is there. It's, it's, it's like boiling hot magma, you know, and they're, and they're forming these songs that are just. Uh, age old now and, and just wonderful. And then Phantom power comes out and Phantom power goes back to the, like, to me, it's sort of back to the, back to the basics. It's like back to really structured songs, Mm -hmm. really produced. And, um, like I, I always said that this record was the baby of, uh, day for night and fully and completely fully completely rather not fully and completely fully mm-hmm. completely. it's mm-hmm. sort of the baby of those two records it's got the it's got the production values but it's still got songs so i'll challenge you guys on that because i i think this record has songs you, and you, i think you it know, has songs for days
1: you know what you are jd let me yeah. tell you who you are so when i was like 19 <laughs> or 18 working at the movie theater i dated this girl that um that worked at the calendar place across the way and I just kind of went out with her because I was, like, really stoked she gave me her number. Um, But I really wasn't that into her. And all my friends were like, dude, she's really hot, man. She's really amazing. And I just didn't see it. And so then, like, I stopped going out with her. We only went out a couple times. And that was that. And then I saw her again. I was like, damn, I really screwed that one up. And that's kind of how I felt with this record. But I didn't want to, like, make that same mistake again. So, like, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with this being a solid album. Yeah. You know. Yeah. asking it for you know a third and fourth date.
0: Yeah, I think and I think three out of five stars is fair. Like mm-hmm, it's yeah. not mm-hmm. it's not one of my it's not my favorite record, but it's a lot of Hip fans' favorite record. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um that's that's what I found in the my cover's research. awesome. The
1: cover's awesome. The yeah. cover's great. It's, it's, they have that it's true. they
0: actually have that panel in, in their studio in Bath, wow. which is really cool. Yeah. Um so that's, you know, this is I wanna say this is the second record they recorded at their studio. Uh okay. in, in okay. back. So they didn't go anywhere, you know, adventurous or anything like that, but they were at home. And what happened in nineteen ninety-eight, I don't know if it made news anywhere else, but Quebec and Ontario, there was a major ice storm. Yeah. Like a major ice storm. In in Ontario, it like it it absolutely shut down the city of Toronto. It shut down, you know, major thoroughfares. It was like devastating this, uh, ice storm. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more as, uh, we talk about the songs, but, um, you know, they bring Berlin in and they're sort of trapped in the studio, you know, mm-hmm. like during, during this. So really fascinating, I think. Uh, but, um, it, yeah, did, did, it's did you- uh, oh, go ahead.
2: Did you see this tour? Did you see them play on this
1: tour?
0: You want to and hear a story? Now, yeah, people who listened to it completely heard this. But uh, The Hip announced five secret shows that they were going to mm. do. And all proceeds from these shows were going to go to a charity. I forget which charity now. At the Oh, it was Camp Trillium. Camp Trillium, which is a, a, a camp for children with cancer. Uh, children that have cancer and there's uh, a location of that is near where I grew up and I'll, I'll show you when we, uh, when you're in town for the finale, um, my friend's parents were on the committee. For the cancer camp in our community. And so my friend Heather had Intel and she, she knew that they were going to go on sale at this time and this place, uh, in Hamilton which is uh, about an hour outside of Toronto when traffic's good. And uh so we ended up getting third row center seats. Wow. In this small theater in Hamilton like 2000 people. And um they blew the roof off the place. Uh and wow. a band and a band called um Oh my goodness, they sang Come for a Ride. Uh, open for them and they were tremendous as well. And I forget the band right now who opened for them, but uh, if you know it, send me an email, JD at getting hip to Um, so we're third row center. We watched the show, but the kicker here is, is that Heather has got gifts to give the band and it's been arranged with the stage manager that we're going to go backstage afterwards to give. She's going to go backstage afterwards to give these gifts. And she ended up, um, inviting me along. And so we got to go backstage and I introduced her to the tragic lab. So this was like, this was like full circle for the two of us. And it was just a wonderful experience. We went backstage after the show and they were all there and Gord had a, Gord Downey had a soccer ball and he was doing that thing where you flip it out catch it and roll it back in your arms, flip it out, catch it, roll it back in your arms. And, um, he just kept doing that. And I remember at one point I must've looked silly or something because somebody said, and maybe it was Gord Downey said, is everything all right? And I said, oh, everything is fucking perfect. I could go outside and get hit by a bus right now. And it just wouldn't matter. And Gord Downey looked at me and he goes, oh, don't do that, Jame. <laughs> 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 he called me Jame. Only my Cute. mom calls me Jame. Like
1: it Brecious. was so cool. It was how did I not know this story? How did I not know that you had interactions with
0: Jesus Christ? Yeah, how how was this
1: coming up in episode? What fucking episode are we
0: on? Well, it was Tim asked me the question. Yeah,
2: I don't know. We're like fifteen minutes in. I think we could just call it. That was good enough. Yeah, great. (laughs) Well, here's
0: the kicker. Here's the kicker. I don't think I told this part on fully and completely. But the kicker is, I had been dating a girl all through university, and I broke up with her the summer of '98, and sowed my wild oats and to, this was all toward the end of the summer of 98 and she was in Hamilton to meet me after the show. So I'm backstage with the hip and they go, okay, well, we're going to go to the after party now in the next room over, cause this was in the green room or whatever. And, uh, we're going to go in the, uh, after party room and, um, drink some beers. Do you guys want to join us? And I had to say, no, I had to say no, because my girlfriend was waiting outside for me yeah. now in hindsight, what a boner move I made. Uh, yeah. cause I wanted to get back together with her, Totally. But it only lasted another two years after that. Like, and then it Oof. absolutely blew up, but it was those, those final two years were awful anyway. Like they, they, they just weren't, you know, like both of us would agree to that now. I'm sure the the university years were wonderful. They were they were great, but those those two years after our breakup yeah. were, were not so good, and it, and I blew a chance to go party with the hip.
2: You had a Davis Manning moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely.
2: You chose the girl over your fandom. The hip
0: live between us.
2: <laughs> yeah, they totally live between you.
3: Uh,
0: they might still... East,
2: they might still... Sorry, sorry, Jess. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, well, folks, should we go song by song?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, I really liked this song. I really liked Poets. This is probably the song I would say I have the least to say about. Um... <laughs> I really like the the verse phrasing. I think it's probably the best part of this song, the way he phrases the verses. Um, uh, there's a part where the lines of a verse, he kind of like carries into the next measure. It's really weird. Like, like, like the mind you think, okay, you sing the verse, then it's the next measure. But like, he sings that verse over the next, cause it's, when you look at it, it's a complete line. Can't remember the the line specifically, but um, it was it was cool, man. It's a hard thing to pull off, man. But like that guy just does it with so much so much finesse. Um, I liked the layered guitars in it. Um, yeah, but I think going back to what we were saying, sort of at the beginning, at the top of the show, it it, it it this song didn't punch me in the face like right when I right when I started listening. I dug it. I, it was a soft open. It was a soft open.
0: All right. How'd you feel, them?
2: I felt it was a harder open. I, I thought it was, it. you know, this, big, like we've talked about before, the cadence of songs and track orders. You know, the first one I expect to really get me, bring me in, and this one did it. I thought it was pretty good. There's a fun kind of changeover into the chorus. Um, it. Again, I spoke about this a little bit before, but they're kind of reminding me of REM and REM's like first half of the 90s albums. Like they come on with like a punch of a song and then like the cadence of the album kind of goes soft and then gets whoa, got a little dirty there, gets a little bit harder as time evolves. But, um, but yeah, this I thought this was a good start off the themes. You know, I looked into a little bit of the songs meaning regarding lyrics and, and there's talk about agriculture and super farms and like, I don't know, ultimately fresh vegetables versus buying frozen and, um, what that means. And this, this is the, the song that references, um, Gwen Jacobs, right. You know, the story about her JD and, and, um, she, she was this, uh, this woman who walked, into town, I think in Ontario, um, topless, and it, it created this whole. Uh, I'm gonna have to look into this more, but I'm pretty sure this was a song about the Gwen Jacobs case. So Gwen was a woman who walked through town topless and was arrested, and started this whole kind of woman's lib, you know, movement with um, you know making it okay to. Cut your lawn without a shirt on, just like the men do. That's kind of where the line in here from, right? Um, Gord, where Gord, Gord comes from. It's uh oh, that's let's see. great. Um,
0: lawn cut by bare-breasted women.
2: Yeah, it's 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 kind of this comment on pushing for women's equality and gender rights. So I thought that was fucking cool, and that to me also is like really appropriate for the '90s or late '90s. You know, it was we were kind of circling back to of course, some themes we've had in North America before and prior decades. So I thought this song was cool. Again, it really reminded me of R.E.M. I kind of went back and started looking at some of R.E.M.'s albums. And I wish, again, I wish I could know what the band listened to when they were traveling. Me too. You know, what they were sharing, what albums they were digging. You know, if if any of them were like, oh, my God, did you hear R.E.M.'s new one? We're going to put it in the the. The bus's stereo, or whatever. Like I wish I right. could know what was influencing them because I'm hearing, I'm hearing some some themes for sure.
0: Okay, earlier I was telling you about the ice storm. The next track, something on, was recorded, and they literally were trapped in the studio. They were, you know, uh, they couldn't leave the bathhouse. They couldn't leave the uh, the studio in Bath. So they did what they do best they wrote a song and uh there's some lyrical content in there about the ice storm even um and i think it's really wonderful lyricism what did you guys think of uh, something on
2: i felt like okay i read about it i read about this and i read about the ice storm and um you know sounded awful and for uh, i hate to say this but to go get stuck in a studio for me That'd be like the time to really fuck things up, like really experiment. You know, you know, just hopefully somebody shows up with a huge bag of weed, and somebody shows up with a bunch of acid, and somebody shows up with a shit ton of beer, and like this is when you like really go to town to experiment. And what do we get out of it? We got a, we got like uh, kind of a radio hit. So I was a little surprised to kind of hear the whole story, and and it just made me realize that maybe for this era. The guys were really, I mean, they were at a point to where they could bust out a really good album, you know, and what, for me, that really good album is like, you go to a restaurant and it's like, yeah, that was was a good meal, you know, everything, everything was like satisfactory.
1: Well, again... To an Onion, man. To Bloomin' Onion. Yeah,
2: but to get stuck in a studio, in an ice storm, it's like, ah, I personally would want to just start going places i've i haven't been before with my band but you know this, that's this one felt, that's
0: an interesting take yeah I, this I, one I felt so.
2: uh this one felt a little radio it felt a little u2 dave matthews like splash of john cougar mellencamp or something like oh, i don't boy. know man it felt, killing, it felt a, killing. i know Ooh. i know i know i know but
0: that was a big felt. mellencamp guy at one point, but Dave. Really? Matt, Cougar, or re- Cougar, or regular. Ah, uh, Cougar,
2: and regular.
1: Okay. Yeah, good answer. Okay.
2: Yeah, like I, 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 I couldn't get overly excited about this one.
0: Well, again, I think you were waiting for the follow up, from the follow up to Trouble at the house and this isn't the follow up that you're expecting, on mm-hmm. a trajectory perspective. You know,
1: Pete. No. No, I agree. Um, it's funny. You talk about getting trapped in the studio. Like, I mean, I don't know if I'd go like full Steely Dan when they recorded the show <laughs> where like, you know, there maybe was not that much cocaine around, but um, I still agree with Tim. I would I get really spacey and I think they do it on a couple songs that we'll get into. But first time I heard the song got some heavy Jim Blossom's feels. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's, what, that's what, Yes, that's the first thing that hit me, and I I couldn't think of the name of the band. That it was like a buddy of mine used to play the band that they opened for them a ton, and um, I was like the first band that came to mind. I like just oh, and it was really poppy. Um, and I, okay, my notes. Once you get past the repeated cheesiness of the chord progression and the vocal melody, it's not a bad song.
0: Oh, damning with faint praise here.
1: No, no, no. It's not a bad song. I think it's a good song. But, you know, it's a good song. If, like, you take this song and go, is this a good song? Anybody will say, it's a good song. But, like it's you said, PD, compared to the follow-up of what you really wanted after Trouble Then Else, House. And this was a song where I feel like Gord sounded a bit like he was put in the cage. Like, whoever was at Universal when this record was getting recorded Put Baby in the Corner, and this yeah. is a song where it really... I feel like, you know, he's he wants to be himself, but somebody's like, hey, man, just... Could you, like... You don't have to do it on all the songs, but, like, at least on this one, could you just fucking, you know, tone it down a little bit? And I was just like, ah, oh, Where's my fucking... Where's my lead singer?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Because, you know, it's still a good song, because... It's still all the guys. And it still has themes because it's Gord, you know? You're yeah. still going to get one-liners that are amazing, I feel like, probably no matter what, in any hip song. There's going to be some standout lyric. It's going to be some standout part, like, to the core fan. That's that's really what I'm imagining. This, the line that stood out in, in this one for me was, your imagination's having puppies. I mean... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had so many litters of puppies, you guys. It's like I'm just—I've got puppies all over the place. It's like
1: I'm. That was a cool line. I really like that line.
2: Yeah, like that. Like that. Video for new
1: recruits or something.
2: Yeah, so I like identified in it, you know, at that personal level, which I think they're able to do just about on any song, which is fucking amazing for a band to do because I could probably name ten bands right now where that does not happen to me. Yeah. So you yeah. know. Yeah. So or in that bad. regard, like hip fans, you know, I'm 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 not really trying not to be the bad guy here, but we the, this just this just made this song just made me keep going. So into save the planet. I mean, I got to this one, arrived at this one, and I was like, is this the band's fucking Earth Day song or <laughs> the stretch their reach to get on the farm aid bill? Like, what is going on here? I felt like i don't know there's a flute in there who's playing the flute who plays the flute you know
0: i don't i don't have the liner notes handy and on the wiki page it it is remarkably uh barren in terms of additional players
2: yeah it doesn't it
0: doesn't have
2: them so i i need people to write in if people know let us know because there's some flute in there and it made me wonder like what else there's keys have all I, over this record. Yeah. What else have I been missing in the background that maybe other people are participating in? Um, but I felt like, you know, this song in the placement, we were, we were filling, we were filling in the gaps on the menu and you're like, no, I had a burger yesterday. No, I'm not in the mood for that. Oh, I could really use some lasagna. Here we go. That's, that's how save the planet felt. Felt very time appropriate. This is like, you know, the millennial song.
1: Okay, yeah. all right. So, if anybody's got a line on the uh, flu player, email Tim GettingHipToTheHip dot com.
2: There you okay. go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I you, you know copy I, Pete
2: at hip Yeah, as well. On <laughs> <Plan> everything.
1: <laughs> Save the planet. I thought it was a banger. I really dug it. I at first I saw that too, but then I kind of looked past the name of it and just looked at the song itself. There's a, there's two references in this album to crossing the street to pedestrian crossings. Yes. And I'll point out the other one. This is the first one. Fucking solo bangs in this. I thought the flute at the end was cool because it was so random. I was like,
2: whoa, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Same.
1: Um, There's. You just can't imagine listening to road
0: apples and having a flute, right? Like, (laughs) Like, it's just not part of this band, you know, like. And, and, right, but and, and it and it works not even No.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if they went into that I'd be like, "Well, what the fucks going on?" Here?
2: But I <laughs> but I'll I'll just quickly quickly add that I am okay with the flute. Like sometimes the flute really is awesome Oh, flute. I think it's great. So, you know, like I some people like hear the flute and they're like, "Oh, why?" you know, but it works.
1: No, I I I dug it and this is, again, this is not the first song or not the only song on this record where I got some heavy um Atlantis vibes. The phrasing on if the bathwater's clear and my ear's underwater, it's a tolerant hum from the core, carry the water. Like that, the way he phrases that shit, it's just, Yeah. I don't know if I see because it's a Canadian band, if I see everything through the lens of like Canadian pop artists, but like, it's just the vibe I got from this. And, um, it's a great tune to get out and, and move your feet to get running. It's a, it's a fucking cool song to oh, run. All right. From.
0: I'll put it on my
1: playlist. Right.
2: I, I hear your, your Alanis vibes, marrying up with my Michael Stipe vibes. I, I'm, I think yeah. that's are in sync for sure. For sure.
0: I think there's a nice correlation between The Hip and R.E.M. Like, I think you're yeah. you're right. Like, they both have that enigmatic front, man, you know, um, who is really literate and really uh, mm-hmm. uh, interesting in the way they sort of phrase things and, and put things together. They both um,
1: went bald, too, um, halfway through their careers.
0: That's right. It's a fair point. Fair point. Fair point. All right we're getting in the car right now and we are cruising north east of here and we're going to bob cajun and he's
3: in love with a girl from the country <laughs> around bob cajun your house this morning it was quarter after nine could have been the winning Nelson could have been the one but when I left your house this morning one star a time I drove back to town this morning with working on my mind I thought of maybe
1: i
2: fucking yeah. love oh. this tune uh,
1: i mean I, I got some heavy and tim yes or yes if i hear no i'm just i'm off i'm I'm off this podcast got some really strong g love special sauce vibes from this yes just the way they open what? up am i right GD? like I don't know. I think you might right. I'm very,
2: far, f- I'm very familiar. I did not go there, but I will. Okay.
1: Right. I mean, the there's, oh, uh, oh, dude. That it could have been Willie. Could have been the wine. I I heard that song. The first time I heard that song, I was I took it out for a run, and I came home, and I like, I listened to it again because I just thought it was such a good fucking song because it's a weed reference too. may not necessarily be about them listening to Willie Nelson. It's like they were smoking weed or they were drinking wine. Absolutely, yeah. Um, The opening like spacey guitar licks uh, the dobro, which I think he's playing. There's a dobro in there that he's playing which kind of gets sort of like a banjo slash guitar vibe. Um, Oh God, just
0: I feel like that <laughs> lyric that you just quoted, though, could have been the Willie Nelson, could have been the wine. That's like one, like, when he wrote that, he should have just put the book down, put on a fedora, long overcoat, grabbed his briefcase, and just went home for the day. That's that is totally. that's a day at the office. That's a that's fucking... A day.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that's just such a great lyric. Exactly, dude. No, 100%. It's so good. But I heard I was like... It, you know what you know a line is a good line? When you hear it and it's so good you think you've heard it before. Meaning, like okay. I'm like, right. I mean, because it just sounds like it belongs on this in the in the history of life. Like like someone has like if someone hadn't said it, they sure shit should have said it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it yeah. sounds like it's it just it's a great fucking line. Um uh, I thought I maybe quitting. That line—it's just—it's really the part of this song where Gord starts coming out of the cage on this record. I feel like that was the moment. Somebody gave, somebody unlocked the the, the, the door of the cage, and he's starting to come out. And then the song ends on a on a random minor chord,
2: which yeah. is so weird.
1: Yeah, such a like a happy, spacey song that just ends on this minor chord.
2: I loved that. I loved that mm-hmm. about it. So, for me, this one, you know, it felt a little at, out of the gates. I, I need to listen to the beginning of it to see your G Love reference. Um, but out of the gates, it felt to me a little bit country and a little bit like, are we reaching again for some crossover fans along the southern belt of the U.S.? Like, where, where are we? Ha- where, what's happening here? You know, there's some slide guitar. But is it a song about lost love? You know, looking up at the stars, waiting for a reveal. You know, there's there's synth work in here again. Is so there some sort of keyboard happening, which is fucking cool? And to me, the first listen, I had all those kind of questions going through my head. And then I thought at one moment, like, this is actually a fucking beautiful song. Like, it's it's a little bit of an odd man out on the album, but it's actually a beautiful song. There's this long ending with no singing it's just mysterious like you said pete the last five seconds or so or this just just bizarre tune out it's like um i found one quote when gord was asked about this song he said uh, this was an interview in 2004 he said this one asks the question evil in the open or evil just below the surface that was his comment about this song so it's like this this song to me was super mysterious yeah Yeah. super mysterious song which i fucking love like i don't need literal storytelling every single song thumbs you know social themes i don't know all these different things i don't i don't need that every single song i love you know kind of the knuckleball that comes in you're like whoa okay this is this is reeling me back in to the album in a good way, a good a way, a way that I'm looking for, you know, I'm hoping yeah. for. Yeah, so but still, again, this one felt a little bit odd, man. Out just the way it fits into the album, but they've done this before. They've gotten Hitler's Green Man, yeah, they've gone on this path of like, okay, this one now we're gonna turn off the highway and head down this two lane road and we're gonna stop at this farm and we're gonna have a an afternoon barbecue with his family and you know i don't know like it's just this one's off the highway
0: cool what do you what do you guys think of the bridge so it makes my arm hair stand up okay. that night that night yeah. in toronto with the checkerboard floors there's a there's a bar in toronto that's famous legendary in fact called the horseshoe and that <laughs> references the horseshoe the checkerboard oh, floors and that's when, I, one of the we, first big we? gigs they played in toronto
1: can I, can I get taken to that bar when I come visit Toronto? Absolutely,
0: day? let's do it. sure
1: shit hopes so, man. That would be cool. That, yeah. that, that, this song is actually the most listened to hip song on Spotify. Oh,
2: wow. Yeah. Surpasses, yeah, I read, um... I read something about that as well.
1: What was the one that it surpassed? Um, I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. Well, um, so
0: it's a hit all around.
2: Bob Cage. Yeah, bro. it was a fucking interesting cool. song. You right. know, this is...
0: So we shift gears now in a, well, not in a huge way because this is sort of low tempo, um, or slower tempo. Uh, we go to Thompson Girl, and you're both hesitating to start. Just tells Thompson something.
2: Thompson Girl, that, go ahead, Tim. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, you know, what's the story about here? I don't, I don't know. Um, it's the story potentially about. Where where is it here? This town in Manitoba, Thompson. Yeah. Or it's, it's, you know, it's potentially about a nickel mining company up there. You know, it's got this kind of sweet, forlorn grunt work somewhere between dream and duty poking through with all them shoots of beauty. I mean, what is that about? You know, this is kind of a cute in a way stripped down acoustic song. Um, there's some banjo in there, you know, I've kind of been waiting for, I had been waiting for this type of stripped down, simpler song, but you know, it's, it's kind of this forlorn sad song to me at the same time.
1: How about you, Pete? I, I loved it. I thought it was cool. Um, I, I think I don't know if it's if it's consistent with you and I, Tim, but like I, I t- really try not to look too deep into the lyrics because oftentimes I'm disappointed. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> I know you do it a lot more than I do.
2: I totally. Um, do. It, it means it's because of Gord, like Gord, Gord for me, Gordon I know. merits, Gordon merits it. You know,
1: I get intrigued though, but like, dude, so does. I mentioned Sealy Dan earlier, like Donald Fagan's lyrics are notoriously cool as fuck. But if you ever asked that guy, like what he, you know, what's what's the meaning of, you know, Dr. Wu or whatever. Like, he'll be like, I don't know, man, we were on so much cocaine back in the day. I was just getting shit to rhyme or whatever, you know, like, but I, and I know that's not really the case here, but that line, the way he goes up so high with grunt work, I can't, I'm not even gonna fucking try, lest I fucking destroy your listener base JD by singing that line <laughs> but um, when he goes grunt work time between dream and duty uh, the melody is so fucking good It's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then there's a part um, uh, I don't know if it's like I don't know I wouldn't call it the bridge but it is a bit of a some sort of uh, key change to the regular chord progression when he goes really high and then the mandolin starts to come in Right, fucking dug right. that. Yeah. Um, and then the the piano kind of comes in at the end as well. It's, it's fucking cool. I really dig it. Yeah. I, I liked it. At first I didn't like it. I was just I didn't like the chord progression. It just seemed too like, like you said, Tim, acoustic. It sounded like it was like this. This should be an acoustic song. Let's
2: keep yeah. it that way. Yeah. But then it yeah. grew
1: on me real quick.
2: Which is yeah. maybe something I would potentially envision from a stuck in the studio couple days you know you'd get to a point to where but kind of burned out and you pick up the acoustic and somebody sits at the piano and you talk about is it inco inco and the fucking nickel mining and i you know i looked at a little bit into that in manitoba and was like oh geez there's here's a historical you know Right. Just rabbit hole that I can't go down right now. But it just this this to me is just one of those one of those songs that fits in well with this whole album and it's something we haven't really had in the past, so I was kinda happy to hear it. Next one, membership. Who's who's singing backups? Somebody found is it Rob Gord? Bigfoot. Is it Gord over? Usually, it's Paul Langlois. No. Usually, well, but this I, I might think be it's Paul. might be doubled. If you if you go in and listen again, check out membership and listen to the backups because it sounds like a woman to me, and it sounds really familiar. Like I've heard this voice before, and I've looked and looked and looked, but I can't find anything. I, it might be one of the guys just you know re- editing it in. Post or something. I don't know, but oh, there's wonderful. there's some beautiful backup happening. Um this one though, you know, it's wasn't my favorite on the album. I'm not gonna put it on the playlist. Um there's kind of a big change after the three minute mark with like this new chorus. Of course it has my fade out at the end, you know. There's <laughs> there's kind of this bigger start to the song, but it's kind of slow in a way i don't know it's maybe about addiction it's kind of a ballad you know this this one um it just felt like it didn't really fit in didn't really i wasn't really sure how it was working and it it made me consider you know i've done this a few times that it made me consider the band and what they were feeling you know they're coming in on 2000 here what they were feeling after ten years, which is long for any band to retain some amount of success. Ten years of playing and predominantly being popular in their home country and not even gaining a huge you know, the the level they deserved in the neighboring USA. So this this kind of made me think about all those things. I just uh didn't know if it was like about power, abuse of power or addiction or longing loss i don't know this, this song was kind of all over the map for me but ultimately the chorus bugged me and it stuck in my head for a little while and i was like oh I, I need i need some other i need some other hip song stuck in my head and that's kind of where <laughs> honestly that's where like blow a high dough just comes and takes over my brain <laughs>
1: uh,
2: so that's what happened on membership
1: I you know I don't have a ton to say about this song. Uh, it's kind of like I put it in the same category as poets. It wasn't my favorite song on the record. I liked it. Felt it like it was very drone rock with the chord progression. Just the way it sounded. Um, I love the harmonies. To mention the harmonies being drawn drawn along by it, like that that line with the harmonies come in. Um, the middle guitar solo where they kind of tease you with the guitar solo Mm -hmm. helps build the song kind of cool Mm -hmm. but then yeah the fade out at the end is just like it to me it felt like they maybe didn't have they didn't nail everything down with this one that's all i'll say you know but yeah we can move on if you want
0: let's slide over to fireworks
3: you like like fireworks Yeah, I me mean neither. Yeah, I me mean neither. If there's a goal at members ever it was back in old seventy-two. Squeeze a stick on the output and out, a trigger I don't remember as I'm sitting beside you You said I couldn't give a fuck about hockey Never heard someone say that before You so held my hand, we walked on a long way Loosing in my grip on Bobby Moore Isn't it a hot face that I think a hot flash When these little sensations get in your head A single moment—that's what we thought marriage people do. Beat with the grip of artificial chaos. Believing in the country, me and you. Dicees of faith, the crisis in the Kremlin. Yeah, we've heard all this before. It's winter time. a house in solitude with options.
1: You got them. Ah, fucking song. Ah, ah. This song, I just have the word. It's his fucking rush, 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 rush. Just so much rush in this song. Really? Um, there's a couple of rush references on this record, and this is number one. Um, I would say that is it Gord Sinclair, yeah. So like, and and I think he would agree with me because I I don't know that I don't know any bass player in Canada, let alone the entire world, would put them up against Getty Lee. So I can't like True. like I don't think the bass in this song was was supremely rushed, but the 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 chord progression, the, the structure of the song, the lyrics, isn't it amazing? Anything's accomplished is fucking. It's so Completely. fucking, dude, it's fucking Rush Completely. To, to the fucking tea. It's like, it's like they should have just made a record with one song on it and sent it to Rush and been like, this is for you guys. We love you guys. And and dude, I'm not, I'm not saying anything remotely, like they jocked anything. It's an homage in the sweetest sense. It's fucking beautiful. I fucking listened to the song so many times. There's, I don't know if he's playing a Les Paul or a Hamer, um, Rob, Rob Baker. Yeah. Um, but it's got some, some hollow tone, electric guitar. Um, there's a line in there, crisis in the Kremlin. I'm fucking, the words in this song are fucking spectacular. Um, I bet it just destroyed, destroyed the crowd live. Like, I mean, if they played this fucking live, you'd have to close with this or, or I don't know what you'd play off this. I mean, it's just, fuck. Um, What's the other line? (laughs) Next year, comrades in the National Fitness Program, caught in some external flexed arm hang, drop into the mat. Dude, the line... The way he speeds up that verse and fits all those fucking words into that, Um, and then he goes back to the normal cadence, like, when I say cadence, I mean, like, the tempo, not... Not a modal cadence, but like a tempo. He goes back to that. Um, I just bet when they when they all listened to this track after it was mixed, or they all recorded everything, they all just fucking high fived and hugged each other and had a big old fucking 100%. circle track.
2: Yeah, because
1: <laughs> dude, it's a fucking it's one of my favorite fucking hip songs. Period.
2: Oh, you know what they you know what they said after they recorded this? They were like. This is going to be in every jukebox across Canada. I mean, this is a <laughs> jukebox song. I mean, really, this is like play something by the Tragically Hip. Okay, I'm, I'm at the jukebox, sticking a quarter. Oh, here's fireworks. Everybody loves this song. You know, that's that's I c- couldn't agree more, Pete. Um, I just felt like this could be put on a seven inch only and out in the world. You know, it, I it it was one of the first songs in a while where like I immediately just started snapping my fingers. It was like, okay, this, this song's, this song's moving. Um, I completely agree with the rush references. Um, I love, I so identified with this girl. There was actually a girl who said she didn't give a fuck about hockey. I never heard a girl swear. And I've never heard someone say that before. It was like, there was some whole other world out there which is hard to fathom at times i don't follow hockey i totally identify with this when i go on facebook and it's like near the weekend it's mostly fucking nfl comments from people i know in southern california it's like god damn i wish i had a sports filter on my life because i don't really follow any sports so this (laughs) hockey this hockey comment i was like yes I, I, I want to hang out with me this, too. So let's I go fucking... drink beers. You know, I probably follow. It's whatever. I just I d- identify with that part. It's you know this. The, you're right, Pete. It, isn't it amazing you could do anything when the notion isn't in your way? Believing in the country of me and you. Ah, uh, 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 you know, it's just it's it's this is it's more. I, it's more than an anthem. You know, the crazy is so.
1: It's so Getty Lee, though, man. I yeah, just, yeah, for um, sure, for sure. What's this? That... It, it's it's Spirit of the Radio.
2: Okay, that's really? the song yeah. I'm thinking
1: of. It in so many ways. It's yeah. I mean, and I don't think any musician in the band would say like they can, you know, drum like Neil Peart. I think the guitar is pretty. It's got some solid Alex lifes and vibes. Like you could fucking. Compare that guitar wise, but like mm-hmm. bass and drums, you can't fucking come close to those. Mm-hmm. Other, like it's just. But sorry, Tim, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: But if it's nah, just it's good, a fucking, it's good. It's such. A JD, what JD? What you, were your thoughts on this song? Do you have Do you have memories of hearing the song or anything? Or like, I what, think
0: it's what, what, ro- I think it's a romantic song. Like I mm-hmm. I, like, I think it's like the firework of like meeting somebody that is just uh, you know absolutely. Um, the sparkle of your eye, you know, sort mm-hmm. of thing, the context to give you some context, the goal that he's talking about, the goal that everyone remembers is when Canada beat the Soviets in
3: uh, yeah. USSR oh, in, the yeah. yep. in okay.
0: 1972. And that was, that was during the cold war. So it was a big deal. That series, Canada playing hockey against Russia, you know, a few games here in Canada and a few games in Moscow, um, yeah. It was a big deal, like for these Canadian hockey players to go to Russia. Like at that time, Russia was so mysterious and there was a very famous goal that won the series by Paul Henderson, um, that everyone remembers. It's one of those moments in Canada that if you're of the right age or, or, uh, generation, I'm not, I'm born in 74. So it's over my head, but if you were there, then it's one of those, like, you know, where you were moments, you know what I mean?
2: It's a huge, that huge that moment famous. in sports history. Yeah.
0: So for him to be just blown away, like, you know, loosening my grip on Bobby Orr, like I just picture the 16 year old who's in love with Bobby Orr, has the hockey cards on the wall, you know, he's just tremendous. And all of a sudden he just, oh, oh there's girls out there. Oh, and there's this particular girl who doesn't give a fuck about what? Like, whoa, fireworks, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a fucking great, great, great song. song. Dude. Great song. This, yeah, I I could have had this song, you know, and had a satisfied meal and went to bed. You and your food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baseball, go, to, JD. Come on. We go next to Vapor Trails. <laughs> I'm gonna so Vapor Trails, like I I started this one and paused and had to come back to it. I didn't keep going. Like this, this, oh, this okay. was one of the breaks in the album for me where I was like. Okay, I've I'm, I'm not either not in it enough or not focused enough. Let's come back to it and Didn't hold played your it. Attention. Yeah, but not not at the get go, but eventually it did. Um, ah. eventually it did bring me in. It totally was one of those songs that. I wasn't so sure about, but over time was like humming it while walking around the house. You know, there's just to me, it has some mysticism to it. Um, There's this mysterious, not to say it again, but backup singer, whoever is in there. I mean, there's some really good backup singing happening, but I just love some of the lyrics. There's nothing uglier than a man hitting a stride. What a great lyric, right? Dude. And just the way I, he says it as well. There's yeah. nothing
0: uglier than a man who's yeah.
2: tried. Yeah. I'm so like, I, I can't wait to use that some point in life. You know, watching, <laughs> watching something happen. Yeah, Gord's good at that. that. Use that line. Throw away the rudder, float away like vapor trails. You know, I, I, I get this. It's like, it's this feeling of like giving up, you know, at some point we all, everyone, I think. Everyone has contemplated, you know, life being different or serious change or giving up or, you know, we've all had these heavy times in our lives. And maybe the song kind of hits on that. Um, there's amazing guitar riffing just towards four minute mark. Um, it felt. You know, just to kind of wrap it up for me, it felt like a produced ending. You okay. know, the fade the fade out was like it wasn't just let's wrap the song up, let's just fade it out. It was like let's produce the fade out. So it was a little I don't know, a little more a little more orchestrated, but yeah, it's this this song is um this the song was a banger. I think it was really good for the spot in the album. I think it was like really fitting. Yeah, because we're well
0: into the second side now.
2: Yeah, yeah second, yeah.
0: second track, second side. If if you're yeah, yeah, playing by those rules,
2: has a good place. Good place in the album.
0: What do you think of April Trails, Pete?
1: Well, this is uh, the other thing that I thought was it's not it's not a Rush reference, but I actually think there's a possibility. That Rush's 2001 record, Vapor 12 Vapor Trails, was perhaps maybe an homage to, tragically hit.
0: Wow. I don't
1: know. That's my that's my in my in my dream world. I don't know if that's really true, but um, and I saw them on that tour, and they f- were fucking just amazing. Saw them at the Irvine it- Meadows, man. Such a great.
0: Never what? saw Rush. I was supposed to see Rush on a tour in '93, and guess who was opening for them? Who? Tragically, Hip.
1: Jesus, wow. Nice.
0: On Road Apples, yeah.
1: Dude, I don't know what's a bigger fail, up. that or not partying with the with the. Hell
0: oh God, it's the that's the that's they're, the. They're fail. close. Not partying, I think. Well,
1: we let's put it this way: we um, we we showed up to that concert, I think, and uh, they were they we were. At that time, it's strange, real quick side note, but during that time, because 2001 was coming out of uh, the Napster years nice. and mm-hmm. into like, I think it was right where the iPods came out. Um, so people started buying music online again, sort of. So bands didn't have money to pay for opening bands during that time. So a lot of bands would tour and you'd be like, who's opening? And like, there's nobody opening. So we assume that somebody was opening for Rush happened to me with pavement one time, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> and we walk, we're, we're racing to the parking lot cause we hear spirit of the radio, but uh, right into red bar Chet after that. And just fucking made my, made my life, but wow. to the song paper trails, um, the fucking vocal melody in the opening verse. Same, ca- I, I got the same cadence, Tim, I don't know if you mentioned this, as Thompson Girl. Um mm-hmm. But this song, I loved it. The, I imagine when they sung this song live, that when Gord sings the line, you can throw away the rudder. He probably blows out either part of the low end or part of the mid-end frequencies in the fucking speakers at this, at this, yeah. this house
0: system. <laughs> His
1: voice is just at that frequency where if he really punches it like he could he could break he could break some fucking windows because it's it's just fucking just the way he delivers that shit. Throw away the rudder. Um uh what else? Yeah just that line to me was worth buying the fucking record Pulled the car over, there's nothing uglier. Yeah. Than a man hitting his stride.
2: Yeah. The tra-
1: there's a transition from the bridge back to the chord progression that's super abrupt, it, and it's so cool because there's no transition. It's just like boom, boom. They go right back into the chord progression, and it's fucking cool. I'm not can't think of any band that I've heard do that. And then the last thing is the line. And it's 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 uh, maybe Rob Baker. I don't know who's singing the backup, but Mexicans dressed in beige shirts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy line. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've never heard that.
1: Mexicans dressed in beige shirts. It's yeah. it's like almost whispered.
2: Wow, I that get the references that. You know, it references folks who spend their life picking the strawberries and raspberries we eat. I, I believe. Yeah, I would guess so. I, I believe it does. So, yeah.
1: Are we going to rules?
0: You got it, dude.
1: I have Take it away. this song. I love this song. It was so fucking cool and so chill. This starts out with those huge cymbal crashes in the beginning. This is the second song in the record that references a pedestrian crossing, talks about a crossing guard not doing their job so yeah, and the second really
0: reference of, and the second reference of super farmer.
2: Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. In that
0: same, in that same stanza, I think.
2: Yeah. Right? Got some agricultural yeah. themes happening. Probably the third agricultural theme.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, the phrasing was beautiful. I'm wondering what a bard is. B-A-R-D.
2: It, is it, it? There's a couple of references with that. One is, uh, it has to do with a Shakespeare reference. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other one is—I'm oh, not—I'm going to butcher it. Uh, the other one has to do with fighting. I'd have to look it up.
1: Let's just go know. with Shakespeare.
2: Yeah, it's, it's some—it's some Shakespeare reference.
1: Um, and then, dude, the line about the vac- vacuum's got a guarantee. Um, I just that line hooked yes. me in so much because it was so random that I was like really in just paying yeah. super close attention to what he said. And the next line that he delivers, which is, um, it could suck a virus, an ancient virus from the sea is like, what the, f- like, again, put on the hat, put on your jacket, close the briefcase, fucking you've done your job today. <laughs> leave, leave the office, Gordon.
0: That's right. Punch um, out or whatever. Yeah.
1: The whole, that whole stanza is fucking amazing. There's a table slide. Um and then oh by the way this song and fuck there was one other song uh goddamn this song and one other song at the record on the record it's earlier I want to say it maybe something on or say the planet at the very end of it um you hear the word somebody in the studio goes cool Mhm mm-hmm. yeah so it does it at the end of that. the song and there was one other two one other song on the record that, that that does it so it was like they did that twice
0: that's cool hey i'm gonna need access to your premium sound system
1: well i mean JD, that's we, that, this is not stuff we just hand out it's kind of like you know top secret clearance there's a lot involved a lot of screening all
0: right all right
2: all right
1: <laughs> he passed he's done it yeah it's true <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> we've driven in my car before he's had it yeah I, I heard this song and i thought Pete loves this song <laughs> so much and when we come talk about it on the pod it's gonna be all pete <laughs> you don't have much to say uh, I thought it was kind of a yawner i i got oh. you know some some from it but you know I was like this this song isn't for me I thought it was kind of a yawner i i i was gonna leave it to pete
0: we're going to come back in a year because it's going to be a grower for you. I I guarantee totally, you man. this song will be a grower for you.
2: If it's not, you guys both have to buy me beers. I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, well then let's slide into Sugar and Falls, Ohio.
1: Take it Timbo.
2: Yeah, so and Falls. Hmm. So this song I thought was basically a huge fuck off to corporate man to the man. I thought this is like, this song is driving some culture into the fan base. Um, it's probably, you know, was played a lot on the radio. I thought this one, you know, I, I could be wrong, but this song to me felt like on the verge of angry, a little bit more than usual. It made me really wonder about it live. If this got, more raucous if it got a little bit more, I don't know, violent feeling. Um, And I think it's because it thematically, which is where I'm going to go, not so much with music on this one, but thematically it chagrin falls um, in my research. That's the headquarters of clear channel, which at the time clear channel corporation was um, slowly taking over media in especially in North America. That? Yeah, so that's a lot of the reference of Chagrin Falls, you know, where where the unknown won't even go because at this point, I mean, that line to me says, if you're an artist and you're trying to make it, like, avoid Chagrin Falls, avoid Clear Channel, you know, be careful with what radio you're sending your tapes to, your CDs to, like, this this is that song that is kind of the 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 band's shout to the world of, you know, corporate media is taking over the airwaves. You know, be be aware. So that, that to me, the song has like a mission. Um, it felt like the first time I listened to it, when I got to, you know, three quarters, two thirds of the way through, I thought, is this song like over five minutes? You know, it felt long but it didn't feel long in a bad way like it felt like a good just a really well written song like i i was kind of digging through and falls it felt like a five minute song but it's not a five minute song um i didn't look up live versions of it but i definitely want to to find something yeah get the
0: answers to your questions i can't unfortunately answer because i saw them on that tour and i don't remember okay uh if they played it but um I, I imagine uh, it was some
2: somewhat rare. I feel like it was probably gonna be a rare rarely. Yeah, played. it would be
0: one that would be you know, gosh. Well let me just quickly look up how how many times they played it.
2: I mean for people that don't know, Clear Channel took over corporate I mean, it took over FM radio over time. Like so many Stations became clear channel stations and became programmed. And I remember I remember hearing the transition because as a big radio listener being born in 71, you know, I listened to radio for like 20 years, 15, at least 20 years. And um, they just completely took over. And I remember hearing DJ's demeanor changing from independent radio station to now being put into this box. And I feel like that's what that's what the band is trying to talk about in this song. And I think it's their, it's their fuck you to this, this corporate system of being in a band and trying to make it and, um, just to inspire people to be independently minded. So I got,
1: yeah, I, it's funny you mentioned clear channel only because and I, I want to talk about the song because I, I feel a little bit different about the song in some ways than you do, Tim. And it's funny, like, Tim, I, I didn't do fucking a, a pubic hair of the research you did for this fucking song. I had to look up where Chagrin Falls was, but and I, I dug it. But um, yeah, that's when there used to be a great station in classic rock station in L.A. called Arrow 93. And they went over to that Jack you know that Jack format, Jack FM, which is just—it's just a guy who like records something, and it's like a cheesy line, and he comes in every every three or four songs and says something. There's no DJ. It's just—it's yeah. just music that's you know topping the charts that day, and uh it fucking sucks. That's why radio yeah is dead. Yeah. But the song itself, Hugh huge again Alanis beginning that fucking downbeat the way the song starts. Um I thought it's crazy you said it's it's not it wasn't something they went to live a lot because I thought this song would have fucking killed live.
2: I yes, think maybe yeah.
1: because the because of the subject matter they thought, oh remember being too political people aren't gonna be into it. But f- the fucking song is the the internal mel- There's this weird thing going on where there's there's these internal melodies in the song where there's like it's not like harmonies. It's like two different melodies going on, like DNA, and it wraps up to make this fucking beautiful code that is this song. And there's a record. Sc- I don't know if it's a record scratch or he's scratching like the low E string of the guitar. Did you hear that? I mean, it could have been the premium sound system in the car, which I'm, I'm willing to bet that Could it is. Could have been the line. Could have been the Willie. Um, but no, there's definitely some record scratching or some sort of scratching that goes on in the song. Um, I'll
2: try to catch that.
1: The The no profound sound, that build, and then his voice gets all fucking echoey, and then um, really got some Jerry Cantrell vibes from the fucking the harmonies in there. Mm. From uh Chains, like Just, I don't know if that was, who was doing the harmonies on that one, but super high, super cool. Fucking again, typically it's Paul
0: typically Mm. like early on it's Gord Sinclair, but then later on it becomes Paul. Um, I looked up the show that I saw. It was the one that I saw in Hamilton. It was Saturday, July 4th, 1998. They played the entirety of Phantom Power. Mm. Uh, they played 21 songs on the show. The entirety of Phantom Power, they did play Chagrin Falls. Wow. Uh, it was the third time they'd ever played it, and they, they played it a total of 127 times. Oh, okay. Well, wow. so to, to put that in perspective for you, New Orleans is sinking, they played 831 times. Oh, Jesus Christ. 100th Meridian, they played 756 times.
2: Okay. Head by so Ascension,
0: 693. So, yeah, definitely yeah. a rarer, rarer song.
2: Okay. That's crazy. Cool. 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 All right. Do you just real quick? Do you remember hearing Chagrin Falls on the radio? Was it a radio? No, it would it, not. At all? No, okay. it
0: was not. Okay. It wasn't a single. Okay. This next track was a single though, and that's oh, big strange time. to me. It's strange, really. To me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same here. Five minutes, five minutes fifty two seconds. That's a long. That's a long ass single.
2: It is, but I love it. You know, that's the first time I heard this was another one I got to, and I was like, ah, save it for later. You know, I'm getting to this point. Pete, you you talked about this. We're drinking a lot of hip Kool-Aid. You know, it's like, oh my God, I'm 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 starting to burp here a little bit. And um, escape is at the hand of the trap for the Traveler man, and I I got to it, and I, I thought, okay, five minute song. Let's I'm at the end. Let's just see what Emperor Penguin's all about. But I of course came back to it, and I came back to it, and I came back to it, and I thought. Traveling Man song. I thought this song could be like its own book. Oh, you're gonna play two more? I'll play two guys. <laughs>
3: It's not like we were best
2: yeah yeah you know it just it makes the mind travel it makes me wonder it made me wonder like what hip album are we on you know what 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 song order are we in like where where how does the song fit in It even has these ambient sounds in the background which is a little bit unusual for hip songs like there's just stuff too yeah yeah there's just stuff going on it's about you know Meeting like, like Gord, I think somebody, some of the research showed that Gord talked about meeting Jim Ellison from Material Issue, um, which I haven't listened to Material Issue yet, but really want to. Um, and just about meeting people on the road that you know of or have read about, you know, like we all have people we're fans of. And when you actually meet that person, here you are standing in front of this person that you know fairly well just because there's stuff out about this person, but they don't know anything about you or maybe they do, but it's, you know, either way you're, the song is like, uh, it just reminded me of meeting artists. I adore like you want to hang out with them for a week, but if you get three minutes, it's like, but they checked totally, out an hour. Totally good. enough. She, she chuckles. I love that. Totally good enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, huh, what else? Um, it's about the world uh, building that yeah. he does.
0: What do you think of that? Like all these bands and all these songs that this band has created. Like, I want a cover band to come out or I, I we should do a, pod list for this podcast but you have to be one of these bands mentioned in this song and the Mm -hmm. song that you write has to be one of the songs that like somebody needs to write they checked out an hour ago yeah
2: like what is that song yeah i thought overall (laughs) it's kind of a heartbreaking song um yeah but you know it was one that i for this album it was one of the few that i kind of went back and dove into and went back and dove into and um, really dug like it could have in a way the album could have ended here for me
1: hmm. okay
2: tell us it's, it's, it's good
1: yeah I, I mean I I think I think I Tim said most of it um, I really like the line it's not like we were best friends yeah Um, it's just fucking it's a sad tune it, it kind of kills me a little bit um, yeah you know thinking about what this song who this song is referring to and like he he killed himself correct he committed suicide right, right. um right but you know i i i liked the tune i thought it was the wordplay was awesome i love the keyboards in it um i kind of feel the same way as it like this would have been a good one to end it on mm-hmm. um but you know you you said most of it tim i'll i'll leave it there i'll leave it there yeah. I, well, I love you are, that it,
0: you, you guys are killing me here. I want to hear what you love and then I'll go back to what I was going to say.
2: <laughs> no, I, I was just, just going to kind of wrap on my end with the fact that I love how this song made me think about relationships. Made me think about relationships that I have that, um, you know, I would love to make stronger and add, give more time to, but it kind of fucking doesn't matter. You know, like it reminds me of people I know that I could hang out with tomorrow or I could hang out with them in like 20 years. Um, And it, like I said, it reminds me of meeting, meeting artists who I adore. You know, there was a, there's this club in Portland I was at um, seeing some bands play and I'm standing there in line and the the keyboardist of the band is standing in front of me. And I I don't know a ton about this person, but. You know, it just got to the point where it's like, what the fuck do you say to somebody who you kind of adore and you know a little bit about? And and in essence, it kind of doesn't matter if you're not really going to see them again. You know, it's just the song left like this feeling of space that would continue on and you could leave it behind and come back to, which I think is pretty fucking cool To, to do that in a written form of art is fucking
1: cool. You know, I, I, I gotta give you an answer to that. Like, what do you say? Cause I've been in that position too, Tim. And honestly, I know it sounds stupid and simple and you know, whether it's a specific record or it's the newest record that you came out, that just came out that you're seeing him on the tour with whoever it is, just look him dead in the fucking eye and be like, I really dug you this new record. I really love your music, man. Just just, thanks for making it. And you say that shit, like, dude, it's better than any cheeky fucking thing you could think of or, like, plan or whatever. You'll just make their day. Because, like, that's that's why people make music, man. Anybody who says they make music for themselves is full of fucking shit, man. (laughs) Yeah, I make music for myself. I don't care if anybody hears it. Fuck you, man. Yeah, that's funny.
2: that's funny. You know what I did in that moment in, in Portland at that club? is I, I had this stupid numerology app on my phone, and I opened it up, and I was like, hey, when's your birthday? Oh. She turns around, and she's like, you want to do some numerology thing, don't you? And I said, yeah. And so she gave me her birthday. I was like, we went into it and we fucking played around. We, the the queue to get into the bathroom was long, and we played around on this app and laughed at each other, and like pointed out personality cool. traits that we love and hate about each other. It was fucking.
0: That crazy. is a story that turned out way different than I thought it was going to. Yeah, dude, it was, me it was
2: epic. I mean, I was like a little bit me high, too. And a little you bit, bit like drunk. Hair, yeah, it was, but I was like, you know, what do I? I'm not going to stand here for five minutes until this woman how much I loved her last album. I was like, we got to pass some time while we stand here doing the wee wee
1: dance. You know, what's your favorite <laughs> jelly? Strawberry.
0: More? My more daughter was ever a, having uh, this discussion this morning because she doesn't like grape jelly. Oh, and I was geez. like, oh, I was like, oh, that's terrible. All right, we're <laughs> we're we're steering clear of, um. What is my favorite song on the record? Oh. Emperor hey. Penguin. So let's hear it, fellas. Per, you know, let's hear everything that you've done wrong here.
2: Well, ahead, <laughs> let's, raise a, let's raise a glass of milk to the end of a, another album review.
1: Yeah. Well done,
2: he says to uh, to the end of the day. You know, it's funny when I heard that lyric, let's raise a glass of milk to the end of another day. It, it reminded me of this comedian... This this bit I heard and this guy was like, ladies, if you are ever out on a first date And you're out to dinner with some guy and he orders a glass of milk with dinner, run.
1: Yeah, run yeah. as
2: fast as you can. And that's you know, raise a glass of milk. It just reminded me that I started laughing. Right, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um, you know, there there was uh I guess not a whole lot to say on the song. Um I Sorry, JD. I felt it was maybe out of the whole album, kind of the cheesiest one. Cheesy. Like even, yeah, wow. even the ending. Even the ending is like really. Like I just oh, uh, could ugh, be this, more. This punk. one, this one. I yeah. I, I maybe I. Could, Welcome to getting
1: hip, hip to the hip with my friend Pete, and <laughs> that's
2: it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus, dude. <laughs> next next episode, JD's like so. Um, Tim died. <laughs> no, well, everybody's, he's no, everybody's, longer everybody's
0: entitled to an opinion, even if it's yeah,
2: wrong. yeah, yeah. It so, I, you know, I love the, the whole Emperor Penguin references, which I kind of knew. Um, you know, this is again where the band hits on like gender equality and all things around that. If you guys don't know, Emperor Penguins like the female lays the eggs and she dips, she's like she's out, like the male kind of does the work um and if she doesn't return and help sustain the nest now and then like everybody dies you know it's oh. it's yeah so this this was uh the me- you, didn't the, like- you know metaphorically kind of fun but at the same time i was like all right what's the next album we're gonna hear that's kind of oh. where i went that's kind of where i went with this whole album i was like okay i really wonder what the next album's gonna be like
0: i am so curious too
2: no. yeah all right pete yeah. what do you think
1: well jd give me the give me the skinny man lay lay some pipe for me real quick tell me what uh tell me why is it why is it your favorite please
0: don't know i love the way it builds (laughs) i love the way it builds um i love you know like leading up to the to the to the chorus sorry to interrupt you caller but that's a physical impossibility i love his phrasing his phrasing is just magnificent in this don't wipe your asses with your sleeves your crust was just incredible. The radio was edible. Uh, the lyrics and the phrasing and the structure of them, I just think are like divine, like wonderful. And it's also a song in a key that I can sing. So I love to sing it. Uh, <laughs> and I've sung it before. Um, nice. You know, nice. It's, it's, it's uh lovely. I love the slide on the way out. Yeah.
1: It's a fucking. I I like the song. This song I think his voice sounds the most raw on. Like when I had the headphones hmm. on, yeah, it felt like he was sitting right next to me <laughs> singing this song. I was like, right. kind of gave it's sparse, chills. Right? It's very sparse, very very much so. Um, and then your your comments and your you know love for the phrasing, huge huge huge. And if you disagree with me. Then fuck it, it'll be the JD and fucking Tim show next week. But Joni Mitchell vibes for the phrasing. The way he, like, listen to some Joni Mitchell, dude, and how she squeezes so much shit into some, you know, into a single measure, and that's what I got from this song. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Uh, I I get that. I feel that. There's a volume build that's huge in it that I love. Um, The only issue I take with this song um, is that I really get the vibe that Gore Downey didn't believe in aliens, and that fucking blows. That <laughs> breaks my heart. Like it just fucking does, dude. I'm a I I'm guess. a huge, huge believer, and you know, I just I was like, really, man? Because I think like you know what, and, and you know what?
0: Oh, I picture that being like a reference to what's his name he used to then who used to do Coast to Coast or Bill. Art Bell, like I, I take that, I take that as a reference to like them driving on the bus in the middle of the night and like you know hearing that. Sorry to interrupt you, caller, but you know oh. what I mean, like like a radio talk, a radio calling show, right? I think you caller know what that makes. Degree?
1: That makes sense. Mm. That makes sense because honestly, like I think about it too, and like like I, you know, I'm not to get all existential here, but like I think about like I'm not this. I, I'm a recovering Catholic, so I, I was raised Catholic, but I'm not practicing anymore. And I think about, like, you know, maybe when you die, you get to, like, you get all the answers. Maybe you, get, maybe you go to another planet, this and that. And I'm thinking, like, you know, fucking, you know, I, I, I really wish Gord Downey was fucking around today so I could see them fucking live. But since he's not, I sure as shit hope that he's somewhere with aliens and the joke's on him and he fucking <laughs> realizes that they actually do this because fucking... It, it, and hopefully you're right, JD, that that's a reference because otherwise this song just breaks my fucking heart, man. Breaks my fucking oh. heart.
0: <laughs> oh, I hope it, I hope your heart doesn't remain broken.
1: Yeah, no, we'll repair it by next week. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's um,
0: let's cruise into the last segment of the show here. The the uh, the the MVP song, the song that you're sticking on your <laughs> playlist. Which mm-hmm. is it gonna be, there, Tim? I suppose it's
2: fireworks. I I was.
0: Mm, You're so red, is it? Oh, is that because pop yeah, well, uh,
2: cajun? Mm, I mean, I was a fan of vapor trails. I suppose it's fireworks, though. It's fireworks to me was like you know, perfect single. It's kind of a self self help song or a care giving song. Yeah, I can see you that. You know, it's it's just it it checked a lot of boxes. I I love also just. You know, kid from southern california i loved the what the fuck hockey reference yeah. you know so yeah that one that one was that was it for me
1: all right how about you pete i mean no question no question fireworks it just gave me everything i wanted every fucking thing i wanted dude
2: wow that's amazing
1: <sighs> just so good what a fucking song i think this dude. is
0: the first time you guys have had the same song right
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah we're in sync yeah yeah for sure totally I mean awesome. if Emperor penguin had like real alien area 51 references I think Pete would have been all over that
1: but. right all right I, I it, had he said they actually do exist I would have been like Ooh. sorry but it works take a seat I
2: have I have some other kind of facts to throw in here real quick so all right so when these guys started out, they sold a shit ton of albums and I think made some money pretty quickly, right? And then, yeah, I would say. E- yeah, then each album thereafter was like a million-ish records sold, which is pretty fucking cool. Like, that's that's a good job. You know, back, back in the 90s, you're selling albums, you're making a buck or so a piece, Like, on top of touring and doing these massive, you know arenas across Canada or whatever but it made me think okay how does how does the hip measure up maybe this is maybe this is a, a bit for another pod i don't know jd but it made me wonder how do they kind of measure up you know why did they uh, you know why or how why not were they not um, killing it in the US so i looked up other canadian bands and one that came up was Men Without Hats, these guys had, they were like a one-hit wonder, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, we can dance if we want to, blah, blah, blah. So they sold almost a million albums globally, and 500,000 in the US. So basically more than half of their albums they sold in the US, which is, I think, really interesting. Um, The Hip, for reference, sold- Didn't they sing Safety Dance, too? Safety Dance, yes. Safety Dance, that's the one. The hip sold like eight million ish, eight yeah. nine million, and about ten percent of that was in the U.S. Not wow. not a whole lot. Um, Bare Naked Ladies, conversely, yeah, who I've barely touched on in my life. You know. Pardon the pun. Yeah, <laughs> ten about almost ten million albums, but seven and a half to the U.S. Yeah, that's that because is of that record with one substantial. week. Substantial. Yeah, Rush, yeah, 40 million. Rush. Rush, 40 sorry. million globally, 26 million to the US.
1: It's like, yeah, all, rush these, is all these all these bands. Um, Bare Naked Ladies did a song called Brian Wilson. Oh and it mm-hmm. was just so fucking yep. good, dude.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh,
1: yep. Arcade Fire. Okay, here's
2: something a little more current. 3 million globally, a million to the US. Like, these these stats of globally yeah. versus yeah. how many went to the USA they don't they don't correlate they're not jive. apples to apples they don't jive with the hip and I think that is um, I don't know I just think it's something something to note here like what the hell was it was it Clear Channel I don't know like what was going on what was going on so it's 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 making me just still feel for the band and their lineage and their history. And I think I'll stop there because I'm going to save, save more for uh, our finale.
0: Okay, cool. Well, fellas, it's been tremendous to hang out with you in this record, live in this space for the last hour and a bit. Tremendous work as always. I look forward to listening to the next record with you. Uh, music at work, and we'll do that next week. You now have a week to listen to that, and we'll reconvene next week.
2: Let's do it. All Sounds right. good. See you guys. PD. See you guys. Pick up your shit.
1: Thanks for listening to Getting Hip to the Hip. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review the show at gettinghiptothehip.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Getting Hip Pod. And join our Facebook group at facebookcom groups fully and completely. Questions or concerns? Email us at JD at Getting We'd love to hear from you.
2: Uh, podcasts and such.